Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jeremy Marriott, and today on the show we have got Amy Hare. Now, Amy Hare, she is a wife to the mother of three little men, psychic medium, Reiki practitioner, coach, speaker, author, and retreat facilitator. Amy's mission is to end the unnecessary pain and suffering in the world, and she uses group and one-on-one programs uh, to uh, take her listeners on a journey of self-discovery. Today she's going to be sharing with us uh, her journey and where she's at in life and how she got there. So Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. It's always good to talk to you. So uh, I know you've been up to a a few things in the last couple of months. Um, Do you want to just tell us what you've been doing? Yeah, so... um I, <laughs> before COVID hit, I had a uh, event business that was doing, going along quite well. It, um, yeah, we had a major event on March 14 and March 18, we were shut down and lost $30,000 overnight. So that was, uh, <laughs> that kind of hurt a bit. Um, mm. But thankfully, I, before that, um, was doing life coaching. So I had something that I could kind of go back into that I was able to do um, during the lockdowns. Um, I didn't go straight back into it. I kind of melted down for a little bit. Um, My business shut down, so it was the Wednesday. My dog died on the Friday. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, so I spent about a week and a half just really really lost and really sad and you know feeling like now I'm like in the past people probably would have called me a control freak (laughs) I like to be able to have control um and I've since learned that sometimes shit happens and you have no control over how it happens or when it happens it's just going to happen and it's kind of been really beautiful that I've learned that because it's kind of thrown me on this um, I guess new discovery or new path mm-hmm. um, that kind of complements or even um, you know makes my coaching a, a lot better. So the business shut down. I lost my shit for a bit. <laughs> I said to my husband, like, why do I feel like I just I feel horrible? And he said, like that's that's depression. That's what I'm like. Well, this sucks. I need to pull myself out of this shit because I'm not no. Um, I, I can't even imagine what depression's like for, for people who really suffer with it because that was horrible. Yeah. Um, so I was able to pull myself out of my funk and I kind of just put it out to the universe and I was like, what's next? What, what, where to from here? Um, you know, I was in a position where I, like I said, lost $30,000 overnight mm-hmm. and, um, had four, four full-time employees that no longer had jobs overnight and lost my source of income overnight and all of the stuff that I'd been working on for the last two years and put about $200,000 of my, my husband's money into to build was gone. Yeah. And that really hurt and really sucked. Um, but when I put it out to the universe and kind of was like, where to, um, for some reason, I sat down. I don't. I'm not really. I don't. I don't watch TV. I'm not much of a TV person. I will watch documentaries. Um, have been known to watch um, a, a particular reality show that I'm not overly proud of, but I get sucked in every time. Is it maths? Yes. How did I pick it? 
I don't know what the drama is with it, but I'm just like, I just get, but I sit there and watch it and just go, oh my God. But anyway, sometimes there's, you know, people on there who I don't want to just like go, why do you not see it? But anyway, don't tease me about maths. <laughs> He's like writing it down. I'm going to tease her about maths. <laughs> um, so I sat down to watch a documentary and it was Heal. And I've watched Heal a couple of times before. I love those sort of like healthy kind of alternative um, docos. And EFT tapping kind of jumped out at me and I was like, mm, I need to look into this. So I looked into EFT and I signed up for a course, but then I kind of got. Do you want to, do you want to just break down what EFT stands for? Yeah. So it's um, emotional freedom technique and it's basically like you're tapping on pressure points or meridians and you're opening up those energy fields and you're putting in, um, you know, you, you're changing. Um, uh, what do you say? Long story short, I didn't end up doing the EFT. Okay. <laughs> so you're like, I'll look into that, but no, not now. I looked at it, but it set me on the path of Reiki because with looking for EFT, I found Reiki. So I enrolled in both courses at the same time. And then Reiki kind of, I started the EFT and I was like, I'm just not feeling it. So I jumped into Reiki and it's just blown my mind. Um, I'm just about finished my master training with, um, with Reiki. So that's level three, you become a master. Um, and it's been wonderful. I've been doing Reiki treatments with people and really connecting in and um, helping them shift, um, you know, energy blockages and actual physical pain and helping them to, in some cases, some of the people that I've worked with have said that it's changed their life. So that's just mm. been phenomenal. Um, but from that, I actually started to have psychic visions and connecting with um, the dead. And I, I, I guess I thought, or I, maybe I knew that I could always do it. I knew I always had something there because I, there were things that happened that I couldn't explain, but I knew, I knew that it was happening or um, I knew something was coming or, uh, and I can't in the past, I I'd just go, look, I'd, it's just something. It's just There's like in there. intuition or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I always knew that I had to tap into it, but I wasn't quite sure how to tap into it. But through doing Reiki, it all just kind of jumped out in my face. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I've got this ability. So I started putting it out to friends and family, like, can I practice with you? And then stuff was just bang on. And I was like, okay, I've obviously got something here. So I reached out to um, a good friend of mine who's a um, world-renowned psychic medium. He books like six months in advance. He's just phenomenal at what he does. And he's local here in Townsville where I live. So we've been catching up. And our first, um, our first session that we did together, he was like, Amy, you're freaking me out. Like no one, no one gets this stuff. No one gets it as quick as you're getting it. He's like, I work with people for hours and with, with people for, for weeks and months and they don't get it like you're getting it. And it was just instant. And I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty cool. So with that then, you know, I've sort of been able to incorporate or, or create rather these intuitive coaching sessions. So my life coaching has gone from not just life coaching, but 
more of a like a spiritual yeah and i can see what you need in your life and where you need guidance and and where your blockages are that for some people it's it's subconscious they don't know that those are blockages until i i can tap in and highlight it and they go oh my god yeah um so are you from the sorry yeah. sorry you're right just just are you are you more joyful now in what you're doing before the virus oh, absolutely it's it's and i say to everyone the the benefit of what happened was i got thrown onto the right path i got thrown into exactly the place that i'm supposed to be in and i feel at home this is this is where i'm supposed to be and with that i've lost all of the worry of judgment and I've lost all of the like naysayers and, and people's opinions mm. mean nothing to me now because I feel that this is my purpose. This is my calling. This is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. It's always, my purpose has always been to help people, but I've never really nutted out or, or um, been able to pinpoint how I did that. And this is it pinpointed. This is how I help people. I help people overcome difficulties in their life i help people to get closure i've had people you know come and sit with me in my treatment room who are desperate for closure from from relatives who have passed away that they, that they had questions that were left unanswered and i've been able to give people that closure and that is that's everything mm, that's amazing yeah so that's that's what's come about that's why the virus happened to you and your 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 story that, of the yeah, benefits you know? Absolutely. I really believe that anyone who chooses to see it in a positive light will see that they've, that they've gained something out of it. Mm. Um, unfortunately, there are people who see it as, as they, they play the victim in it and they don't get anything out of it. They, they get, you know, they get negative out of it. And that's, that's really sad because I think for, for everyone, there's a positive to be taken out of this situation, whether it's something, you know, and, and I say, I don't mean simple, but whether it's something as easy as time with your family, because for some people that's huge. Yeah. There's some, some children that don't see one of their parents because they're working so much. How amazing is that, that they get to have mum or dad home with them all the time? Yeah. I mean, when, when it happened to us, I actually closed down for uh, over a month. And in that time, I, I spent so much more time with my son. Uh, I went and reconnected with my father out gold mining and it was just, it was just really good, you know, and, um, no, don't get me wrong. We had financial hardships as well, but as, as I'm sure everyone did, especially small business owners. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you just look at the positive. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm home every day spending time with my family. And it was just, yeah. just really how, enjoyable. How lucky are we that we have a government that was in a position or have, have made themselves and put themselves in a position where they can help us out because you look at other countries that people are literally out on the street with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I was looking at, 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 at like Indonesia, for example, and for every 1 million people, they only have 75 beds in hospital, you know, and their ventilators are going to be even a lot smaller than that. So it's going to get worse in a lot of countries. So we are very, I'm, I'm very grateful. We are where we are, especially, yeah. <clears throat> I suppose you you had some you, with your, with your kids, you had some medical issues in the past. Um, so yeah. yes, you appreciate time with your kids any with more than most people. 
So what, what was the story behind that, if you don't mind talking about it? Yeah, so they, um, we had to pull the kids out of school with the whole COVID thing, like basically as soon as it hit, because my, I've got three little boys and my two youngest boys were high, a high risk. Um, so they were both born with a rare condition called Hirschsprung's disease. And it's where um, during gestation, so during pregnancy, um, nerves don't form in their bowel, to put it really simply. Yeah. Um, so it's a rare disease. It affects one in 5,000 births. And what happens in the normal instances of it is that it's only a small portion um, of colon that gets affected. <clears throat> so pretty much what they can do with the one in 5,000 cases is they can cut out that tiny bit of colon that doesn't have any nerves. So it, poo just blocks up pretty much. Yeah. They, can't, they can't poo. Yep. Um, and the first sort of telltale signs are they don't do their first, they don't pass their meconium, so their first pill is a baby, yep. which is what happens to both of my kids. Um, so normal cases, they kind of just chop that section out and reattach everything and, and that, that child sort of goes on mostly to live a normal life and, and not even knowing any different. In my, the first of the two, in Lucas's case, um, he was born without any nerves in all of his colon and 21 centimetres of small intestine. So he's oh, a one in one million case. Yeah. Um, and was very sick as a baby and had emergency life-saving surgery at one week old. He's gone on to have 16 more operations, so 17 in total. Um, he, When he was three, he spent Christmas in hospital and, and almost died. He got an infection um, in his bowel. And it's quite um, quite a common infection for children with, or for people rather, with um, Hirschsprung's disease. It's called enterocolitis. Yeah. And um, it pretty much kills forty percent of people that get it. So, oh my God. Um, he had to have three major emergency operations over five days, and was in ICU on a ventilator for a week and a half. And it, we almost lost him in his third operation. The he started to crash. So. It, it was a really horrible, scary time. And he's now six and a half mm-hmm. and, um, and has severe PTSD as a result of everything that he's been through. So, you know, he, even though he's okay bow wise mm-hmm. um, and now kind of, he goes to the toilet normal, normal in a, normally in a sense, um, he just goes more often and it's a lot more ruddier than everyone else's. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he can go to the toilet. He no longer has a, he used to have a stoma and an ileostomy bag until he was four, but yeah, it goes to the toilet normally now, but yeah, it has to do with PTSD. So that's, and that's, uh, um, that's part of the reason why you wrote your book, isn't it? Because of your experience. Yeah. 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 So I wrote, can you smell the rainbow? Um, helping with I, going into surgery. I think I see it in the background. Yeah. There. That's it there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it sits up on my shelf. Um, he loves it. He loves it. He's the character in the book. And um, the illustrator did such a great job with really getting getting a, you know, feel for the story that I was trying to put across. And it's, yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful book. So it's helped a lot of other children and their parents when they're going in for surgery to, um, to not feel so scared. It, it removes a bit of that trauma for the children and, and makes, you know, surgery a bit more of an exciting experience as opposed to a really scary one. Yeah. Cause it's mostly about the anesthetic, isn't it? <clears throat> that you have to breathe yeah, in. Yeah. 
Yeah, the idea is that when the mask goes on your face, that it's filled with rainbow smells. So that's that, um, so good. Yeah, so it teaches them that you know the mask going on. That's not actually scary. There's rain. Like you're you're lucky. No one else gets to smell mm. what the rainbow smells like, and you have to breathe in really deeply to smell the rainbow because you know it's all the way at the back of the mask. So my um when my eldest son had to have a little procedure done, he jumped up on the, I'd just written the book, like it was just finished and it just perfect timing that he needed, he needed to have an operation. And he jumped up on the bed and he laid down and they put the mask on his face. And he's like, I'm ready. And the anaesthetist saw me afterwards. And she's like, never, never in my, and she was, she's not young. Yeah. <laughs> never in my career. Have I seen a child do what he just did? What did you tell him? And I told her about the book and she was like, that's amazing. It's going to help so many people. So so do you yeah. think that was, that was the, the hardest time you've had in your life when, you, when your kids were sick and in hospital? And yeah, look, I think, I think there's, been, there's been many hard times in my life. So it's, it's, I think at the time, that, hard, that difficulty that you're facing seems like it's the worst the worst time but yeah I would say um you know watching watching your child go in for operations and not know if they're going to come out mm. that that's pretty tough but there are many things that I went through before that kind of leading up to that stage that I can look back now and go well those are the things that I had to go through to make me strong enough to handle the situation of my children going in for operations um but yeah, I think to date that's probably the hardest the hardest thing that I've that I've been through is you know not only watching him go through all of that but then having my third baby mm. born with the same disease and then having to go through the whole thing all over again. With with that I'm guessing it's passed on genetically, yeah, is that uh, a part Yeah, of it? it's something it's it's a gene that I must have. I haven't had any genetic testing done. It's kind of <laughs> After Callan, after Callan was born with it, I just went, no, that's it. There's, there's no more. Um, so my first two children were with my first husband and then my, um, my baby is, he's now two, but he's with my second husband. He'll always be your baby. He'll always be. They're all my, they're all three of them. They're all my baby, um, babies. But I said to, um, the, the surgeons and, and doctors and everyone said, don't even worry about it. When when my um, husband and I were, were going to, you know, plan for Callan, they said, no, different, different dad, not even a factor. Don't even worry about it. And, yeah, it happened again. So, so, um, so all, 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 all your kids have had no, the disease, only the two, the eldest and the youngest. Okay. The two youngest ones. The two so youngest, the okay. The oldest one doesn't even get sick. He's in his he's eight, and in his whole life, he's been sick. So, so that, that's so he can protect his younger brothers. Yeah, that's so he doesn't cause mummy any headaches. Mm. I don't need any more sick babies. Was there did in saying that that it's that that you passed along this this issue? Was there was there some feeling of guilt? Even though I know you can um, control it. I think in the moment when I realised that it was something that um, was from me, in that moment, um, I think I blamed myself 
Mm. Um, but I was very quick to snap out of it because I kind of just realized that they they came to me for a reason. You know, they there's a reason that, that it's happened this way and I have to see it from a good perspective. I can't see it from a negative perspective um, because you just torture yourself and I'm not into that. <laughs> Was that when was that your tur- turning point? From what what were you my doing? Like, what were you doing when when all this was happened happening in your life? Yeah, so my turning point in life was when I had second second son. So to um, my first husband, I was it was a it was a really toxic volatile situation that I was in and and I had been in for such a long time I grew up in a household that was really toxic I had quite an abusive mother um I was raped at 16 um and yeah um and got pregnant from that and my mum's way of dealing with that was to try and send me away um, so I had, you know, and, and before that, like before that happened when I was 16, I was an athlete, you know, I was going to represent Australia. I was going to go to the Olympics. I could have had my pick of, of anything really. I could have done touch. I could have done netball. I could have done athletics. Um, you know, I was very good at, at all of those and, and represented at quite a high level for all of them. And that happened and everything fell to shit. Um, but I didn't realize that it had fallen to shit. I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't understand what I was going through. I ended up with really severe anxiety um, as a result of that. Um, my mum put a lot of guilt and shame onto me, uh, and it was all her guilt and shame. So not only was I kind of lost with not understanding what it was that I was going through, I was wearing her her feelings as well and then yeah about 18 I had my first panic attack and it was horrible I I thought I was dying mm-hmm. um you think you're having a heart attack up, yeah yeah I ended up in hospital three times from it um and it was so severe that every single night I would have a panic attack just before I went to bed and it got so bad that I got three days in and hadn't eaten and kind of was starting to feel very frail. And um, I remember kind of almost keeled over saying to my mum, I need to eat something, anything. And I, I don't know how I knew that I had to, but I knew that I had to. So I, she went down, it was late at night. It was like 10 o'clock at night. So we went down to the service station and got one of those packet, you know, Lee muffins. (laughs) And I could only manage a couple of bites, but I guess I kind of look back now and in that moment, I, there must've been some sort of intuition or message that came over me because I remember saying to myself, just write. And I would just write everything that was jumbled up in my head and that I couldn't make sense of. And I would write it all down. And and it was, it was like this lucid kind of writing where, I would write in circles sometimes or I'd write in different colors or it was, it was kind of like art really. Um, not very good art, but (laughs) it was an artistic release. So, um, 
and that's how I got through it. And I, I, I had this little like motto, I guess, that anything I can get myself into, I can get myself out of. Mm. Um, I got that, I don't know, again, I don't know where it came from, but when I was really young, I had a quad bike and we used to have a beach house and I got stuck one time down one of the tracks um, riding my quad and I was like, anything I can get myself into, I can get myself out of. And yeah, got out of it. And ever since then, it was kind of like this thing stuck with me that anything I can get myself into, I can get myself out of. So I got myself out of anxiety and I, I kind of, I haven't had a panic attack for, I haven't had a panic attack since I was like seven years, I think. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so I left left my ex-husband uh, just over five years ago. And, yeah, it was it was having Lucas that was and him being sick that kind of set me on the path of breaking out of those toxic cycles that I, I just kept reliving all my life. But obviously, um, obviously you were a high performer when you were younger. And, yeah. then, um, and then obviously lost, lost your way for a little while. And then yeah. your second son was born and you found your purpose again. And then you've gone back to being the high performer um, yeah. that you are. You know, I saw, <clears throat> I saw your business with the events and stuff, how you went from just you to four staff and having so much work. You were, I th- were you in an article about um, cutting down working days? Yeah, yeah, we're on the news for it. So what, what was the idea behind that? Um, it was more, I, I like to, everything that I do, I like to look at it from who, like what would I like? How would I like to be treated? Every interaction that I have, I think about how would I like to be treated in this? How would I like to be, you know, spoken to? And, you know, having um, had so many shit bosses in my, uh, mm. in my lifetime, I always knew I didn't want to be a shit boss. Um, so I was very conscious of, well, what would I like? And for me, flexibility is such a big, a big thing. Um, all of my, all of my team members, uh, aside from one who was quite young, um, all had families, all had kids. And I wanted them to be able to have the best of both worlds and to be able to have that freedom and that flexibility you know, when you're at work, you're on, you, you go, go, go. But then you can leave early and you can have a Friday off and go and be fulfilled. I, I feel like for anyone to achieve anything in, the, in life, they need to have their cup full. And if you're feeling like you're not being fulfilled um, in whatever area of life that is, then that, that transpires over all the other areas of your life. You, you can't have fulfillment in one area and lack it in another. It has to be, it has to be balanced. It's like those scales where we can't be up here achieving here because this is lacking then. So we need to find that balance. Do you, do you think after all the, the virus stuff ends, you'll go back to doing events? Uh, I will, but they'll look very different and it won't, uh, it won't be from that business will kind of get phased out. So we'll, we'll reintroduce events, but they won't be to the extent that we were doing them before. I won't do client events. It'll just be our own and it will very much be, um, hugely based on, on, 
the value that we can provide from a holistic point of view. Because mm. you're you mostly, your most events from what I understand were about empowering women um, yeah. and, 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 and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's more, more um, sharing stories of people who have been through really difficult situations and how they've been able to turn that around and come out the other side. So I think for... Uh, so many people who are in that, who are in that difficult situation, they don't see a way out. And that was me, you know, so many years ago before I had Lucas, I didn't see a way out. I felt trapped. I felt like anytime I tried to get anywhere or achieve anything, I kept hitting a brick wall. And by sharing stories of people who have experienced that, but then been able to smash through the brick wall and then go on to achieve greatness and, and amazing things, then that inspires those people who are feeling stuck to, to say to them, it's not always going to be like this. And exactly. it, it, comes down, yeah, it comes down to, are you prepared to take that hammer and smack through that wall? And that's, that, you know, that, that's the thing that, some people don't see a way out and it's nice and reassuring to know that there are other people who you're not alone. Do you know what no, I mean? There, no. there are other people who have been through really shitty circumstances and you need to be able to put things in perspective as well and, and realize, Hey, it's not that bad. That thing that I was worrying about, there's always someone worse off. And that's, that's the whole idea behind this podcast is everyone, no matter who your peer groupers are, everyone has had massive failures massive successes and and, yeah. and moments of joy and losses and and just people need to recognize that so it so it helps them through their journey you know and i don't mean yeah. in an ego comparison kind of way like oh my life's bad but yeah. it could be worse just like well yeah. you know amy got through this part of her life and she's doing great now i can do exactly the same you know use it as inspiration yeah yeah you know i do see a lot of comparison with people you know and and sometimes it works, but most of the time it doesn't, un, un, unfortunately. So where do you see yourself in five years then? Now that now that you've discovered your psychic abilities, my my little talent that I've got. Um, look, I've never been a huge one, and and I think COVID can probably um, attest to this. I've never been a huge one to say in five years' time or in ten years' time, this is where I will be. Because shit happens. <laughs> Sometimes shit just happens that you can't control and you can say all you want that, you know, six months ago I would have said to you, in five years' time I'll have this driving event business. And um, shit happened. <laughs> and it's not the case anymore. So, look, I've got goals and stuff that I would like to achieve in five and ten years' time. And, you know, one of them is I'd love to, and it's something that I've, I've wanted to do for a really long time, is I'd love to have um, a wellness retreat where people can come and um, nurture their relationship with themselves but nurture their, and nurture their relationships with um you know, the people that they care about as well. And I think just giving people a, a place that they can go to to have a bit of a break. Um, but also coming from a, um, you know, get back to nature sort of perspective. I think we get so stressed and sad and caught up in this materialistic world that we forget that, yeah, and yep, our face and our phones and, you know, we forget that 
we're, we're connected. We're connected with nature. We're connected with each other. We're all energy. Um, you know, every, every living fiber of us is energy and that's what nature is as well. And I think, you know, without going too hippie woo woo. <laughs> no, 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 I agree. You like, know, we'll, we'll get back and we reconnect and look at the stars and just stop. I think we forget to just stop and appreciate. We, we get caught in this greed of I want, I want, I want, I want more, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. But then we don't stop and look and appreciate everything that we have. And then we, we chase this thing, this illusion of happiness that we think is, you know, this, it's an illusion. It's based on what everyone else, what everyone else has. And we think that we have to have that in order to appear successful or, or appear to be loved. And I, I want to give people a space to just stop, reflect and appreciate. Yeah. That's so that's, true. Yeah. That, I guess, you know, five years that can look like however it looks like my, my purpose and my mission won't change. It is still very much, I want to teach people how to be happy because so many people aren't happy. They don't understand. They don't understand that, that, you know, happiness isn't, is the same as being sad. It's just an emotion. It's being content. And that's how you, you know, it's, it's being content and filling your life with gratitude. That's how you experience happiness. That's so good. So good. Yeah. And I like when I go out gold prospecting, we've got no, mobile reception no internet no nothing it's glorious you know yeah <laughs> not worrying about how many likes your your post got or anything like that yeah Look, amy that's our time is just about up but that's been really insightful if anyone wants to get a, a hold of you or or if they've got children in a similar um position and like to get a, a copy of your book how would they go about that just jump onto my website. It's amyhair.com.au and it's A-I-M-E-E. Hair, like hair on your head. Because I And I keep getting asked all the time, are you a hairdresser? I'm like, no. What, so I, no. Oh, hair by Amy. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny though. Before I met my husband um, and uh, when I left school, I actually started a hairdressing apprenticeship. So I was going to be a hairdresser. <laughs> Amy Hair, the hairdresser. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and, they can, they, and everyone can reach you on your site for um, any readings or everything. any coaching. Everything's everything. on your site. My no book is on my site. Links to my social media are on my website. You can book psychic reading, um, psychic medium readings and intuitive coaching sessions and even Reiki sessions. You don't have to be here in person with me to do a Reiki session, but everything can be done on my website. No worries. Well, thank you very much for your time, Amy. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. And Pleasure. We'll talk again soon. Thanks so much for having me. No worries.